welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. morning to everybody. I'm not sure the clock on the wall is all right, but I'm saying good morning because that's what it says. Amen. This morning I would like to speak to us on the subject Repeating history. Repeating history. And for this, I want to call your attention to the book of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. And we'll read from verses 36 through 39. And also, we want to look into Genesis 18, 20, and 21. But first, Matthew chapter 24, verses 30, 36 to 39. Amen. Verse 36 of Matthew chapter 24, it says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, and that's important folks, and uh, we need to take some time and ponder on what we are reading. It says, verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 38, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking Marrying and given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Verse 39 And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And I would like to turn to Genesis. Chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. And I would like to read from verse 20. 
from verse 20 of chapter 18. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. Let us pray. Our Father, honor our God with bowing your presence at this time. We thank you, dear God, for all you have done. And thank you, Lord, for what you will do. We thank you, God, for those of us who have assembled ourselves here today. Father, we know that we have come for nothing more than to be blessed of you. So we ask, Heavenly Father, that you would bless us today. Lord God, we ask God, my Father, that you would glorify yourself in this place, in my heart, in my life. I pray, dear God, that you would just move by your Spirit. We pray, God, that God, my Father, that you would do for us those things that we just cannot do for ourselves. And even as I commit myself into your hands, my Father, I ask you once again that you would use me. Use me to your honor and to your glory. I ask you, Father, that you would breathe on me. Oh, breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do. Glorify yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Repeating history. As Jesus spoke with his disciples and the multitude that were with him or around him, during that conversation he made mention of certain things which will shortly come to pass in the last days. Not only did he talk about them, but he also mentioned a few things, a few signs that we should look up and look out for. During that conversation, Jesus mentioned a certain thing that for some reason got the attention of, the, of his disciples. And they were concerned about the statement that Jesus made. And to them and in their hearts and minds, it required of him to explain what he meant. It was about, the statement was about the destruction of the temple as seen in verse 2 of Matthew 24. And in verse 3, they came to him privately and asked him to explain 
what he meant. You know, many times people speak to us and sometimes they say certain things that causes us to wonder. I wonder what he meant by that. And I wonder what she meant by that. But many times the mistake that we made, we never asked them. We never asked, what do you mean by that? So as a result, we live no wise. We live the presence of the person no wiser. But it is important, my brothers and sisters, to ask the questions even when we don't understand what it means. In verse 3, well, he started by saying in verse 4, and that is important. He said to them in verse 4, Take heed that no man deceive you. Oh Lord. What does he mean? Meaning, be careful. Don't let anyone fool you. Or don't let anyone take you or make a fool out of you. That's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, he was careful to mention some of the things and areas that will or can be used to accomplish the task of making a fool out of us. Am I speaking to us today? That description will come, he's continued, from inside. In other words, while there are many people on the outside who are just waiting to make fools out of us, we must also be careful that the very same subterfuge and malice can come also from within our ranks. Will somebody say amen? amen. He said, be careful. Be careful lest anyone make a fool out of you. That is someone will come or may come pretending that they are close to the law. Amen. And will deceive you. In other words, will change. Amen. Will change you from who you are to what you ought not to be. Take heed. He said for many in verse 4, we'll, we'll, many will come in my name saying that I am Christ and shall deceive many. In other words, the message that they bring will be so familiar to our ears and even to our hearts to the point where they aim and flaw us. We are deceived, they fool us. And teach us 
things that ought not to. That is why the subject of our message is repeating history and continuing on the same subject in the same vein. Amen. He somewhat reminded them of some historical events which took place during those days, in the days of Noah. And he started in Matthew 24 and in verse 36, but as the days of Noah were, he started bringing out those historical facts, letting us know that those things that are around us today, they are not new. Amen. Amen. For the scripture has already declared that there is nothing new under heaven. But our problem sometimes is that we forget. We forget. No wonder the songwriter says, Lord, don't make me forget what the Lord has done for me. Too often we forget where the Lord took us from. Too often we forget where we were. You remember when Jesus met the disciples, he said, where were you? How comes you know me? He said, well, I was there all the time. The songwriter says, I was there all the time. But we forget. We allow other things to fill up our minds that we forget. The fact that the Lord worked, I would talk about what happened in the past to bring and compare it to what will happen in the future. It is important enough for you and I to take note. He, the Lord, is bringing to our attention or is reminding us that when we look around us and realize that what is happening in our days is just like it did in the days of Noah and others, it is time, it is time enough that we open our minds and start Asking questions. Now the, the Bible tells us just as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I mean, do you have a curious mind? Wouldn't you like to know what was happening in Noah's days? Since the Lord has already said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so is it going to be in the coming of the Son of Man? Don't you think that we as Christians and we as a people should be more curious, wanting to know what was happening in the days of Noah? For the Bible is saying, just as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, 
What was happening in the days of Noah? Let us look at verse 38. Verse 38 says, For as in the days that were before the flood, just as just in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. We're going to pause here. Now we need to pay attention to what the Lord is saying because sometimes we read and we don't grasp. The Lord is saying, the days before the flood, the people were eating. There has never been a time when people love food more than now. Same in life. Same in life. I tell you, everything we do, there must be food. Now, if you're not carefully, there is nothing wrong about what the people were doing. They were eating. We have to eat, don't we? We have to drink. They were drinking. We have to drink, don't we? They were married. We have to get married, right? And we have to give in marriage, celebrate our marriages. We have to do that, right? It is not wrong. But it would appear to me that the people who are more consumed about those things than the things of God. In other words, they had no time for God. God was not in their memory. He was not in their hearts. He was not in their life. He was not in their heart. He was not anywhere. It was just a good time continually. Does that remind you of our days? He continued in verse 9, 39. He said, verse 38 says, For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriages. And listen, the sad part about this verse is that it says, Until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the sad part about it is, verse 39, and knew, and then knew not until, until the flood came and took them all away. And it says, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. We are talking about history. We are talking about what happened before. And the Lord is saying, just as it happened before, so it is going to happen in my day. And what we are seeing today, my brothers and sisters, for as in the days of Noah, that's how it was, then it is going to be that way again. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What we are, we are, we are being reminded of is that if there is a time when God's people need to be watchful and vigilant 
with what's going on around us in our world today is now. Never, never, and I know if we were to go around polling each and every one of us, we will all agree, especially those of us who are a little green, we will say we have never seen those things in our life, in, in our lifetime. And those who went on before us and far greater us will tell us, never have I ever seen this type of things going on in our lifetime, in our world. But yet, these are the things that are being accepted and promulgated, amen, in this world. What we are being reminded of, if there is a time when we need to be watchful, is now. Before the flood, the Bible tells us and teaches us that Noah preached for many years, warning the people in his days that God is going to destroy this earth with a flood. They didn't listen. They didn't take heed. They did not believe him. He warned them and they repented not, not turned from their ways to serve God. They refused to them that was life and they believed because it is life, then they have to leave it. Listen. They also believe that enjoying life was the way to go. You see, folks, there is enjoying life and enjoying life. Because to these people, they are enjoying life. But yet we say that there is another way or a better way to enjoy life rather than the way folks go on today. They care less about what the preacher of righteousness had to say. The scripture teaches that they mocked Noah. They ridiculed him. They laughed at him. They belittled him. Saying, never have we ever seen a man building an ark on dry ground. To them, that was the story. That was the joke of the tongue. Listen, folks. We may say that these people were, but I'll tell you, this generation is no better. For in Genesis chapter 6, we go back to Genesis chapter 6. And from verses, verses 1 through 8. Genesis 6. Let us read verse 8 from 1 to 8. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. And daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men. That they were fear. And they took them wives. Of all which they choose. And the Lord said my spirit. Shall not always strive with man. 
For that he man also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Today we don't live that long. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters, came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination, imagination of the thoughts of his heart was, was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Verse 7. And the Lord said, folks, we need to pay attention. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8 is a crowning verse. The Bible says, I now found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God came, it's like God came to a point where he saw, when he saw the wickedness of man. And the sinfulness of man. He said he, he repented. He regret. Now let's continue from verse 11. The earth also was corrupt. And that is the, these are those things that we need to take in. Verse 11 says the earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. I do not know if it reminds you of the day in which we live. But I'll tell you folks, if it is not, it is not far. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was what? Corrupt. For why was it so corrupt? Because all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. That is what God said. Because of sin, because of violence, because of wrong. Now, let us look at verse 17. Let's jump to in, into verse 17. And behold, he said, verse 17. I, even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth. Why? To destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is on, earth, on the earth shall die. Verse 18. But with these 
But with thee will I establish my covenant, that is no, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every of every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come into the unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. And in verse 22 he says, Thus did Noah according to all that God had commanded him. The Bible teaches that the days before the flood, the earth was filled with wickedness. The earth was filled with violence. Verse 11 says, the earth was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. Now, I mean, it is amazing, folks. The brutality, the way in which people do the things that they do today. It's like man does not have a heart at all. It's like he has no feeling. He has no remorse. He does it with rage. And if you give him a chance, he will do it again. That is the world in which we are living today. The earth was corrupt. Never has there ever been a time when the word corruption is so mentioned. Every time you talk about government is corruption. You talk about a political party is corruption. Everything you talk, every, every little child, even, even, even Levi and Ray, to say corruption. <laughs> you know, the word corruption is around. It is rampant. It's like man has no sense of fair play anymore. It's like man has lost their way. They do not know what is right from what is wrong. Greed has consumed this world. Greed for filthy lucre has consumed this world to the extent that man will do anything to make a dollar. Anything. He will lie he will steal. He will do anything. He will disrupt even the band of heaven because of his greed and corruption. And this is the world in which we are living. But folks, take heart. Don't give up. 
must be reminded that God said when you see these things you know that Jesus is nigh. Our redemption it draws nigh. And the Lord looked down upon the earth verse 12 and behold he said all he saw was corruption. It was corrupt. The entire world was corrupt. For all flesh. Amen. All flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And let me just inject something here. And this corruption, it is not just in the world or in the political world. That same corruption has entered the church. Say amen, Lord. Even if the light is not lighting, but I know the light will say, Amen. This type of corruption, it has entered the church. This type of greed, this type of all for myself, and care less about anybody else. I am first in everything. And that's the way the world is. Folks, let us not forget, just as in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Now, there is another area of the scripture which we would like to go to. And this area is in Genesis chapter 18. That's where we are already. We just turn to chapter 18. Chapter 18 from verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because the sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come up unto me, and if not, I will know. I will know. We are talking about repeating history. As seen in from Genesis 18 and from um, Matthew 24. And even in the midst, in the midst of this great wickedness, an abomination before God, yet there stood one interceding on behalf of sinful man. The Bible tells us Abraham, when God said that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he's going to destroy them because their wickedness has come up before him. The Bible tells us that Abraham stood before God and he said, Lord, Will you destroy this, all these people if 50 righteous people are found in there? The Bible tells us that God answered and said, if there are 50 righteous people in this place, I will not destroy them. And the Bible tells us that Abraham continued and tried. And tried. And it came down, I think, to five. Lord, will you destroy this entire people? 
if five righteous people are found. And the Bible tells us that the Lord walked away and said, I will not destroy it for, the, for, for five. If five can only be four. It tells us, my brothers and sisters, of the level of corruption and ungodliness that existed in the days of Sodom, like in uh, and, and Gomorrah. Like in the days of Noah, so was it in the days of Lot, where unrighteousness prevailed. And as history would have it, the wickedness and the sinfulness was great. And had also got to got the attention of God in heaven. To the point God said, I will go down to see or to find out what's going on. Not that he didn't know. Not that God was not seeing what was going on. But he said, I will come down. Now tell me. If those days, in those days were so bad to the eyes and ears and nostrils of God, how about today? How about today? The level of violence and immorality that is in our world today. The question is, is God about to say, I will go down? To see what's going on. My friend, these are the days in which we are living. A long time ago, I heard a preacher say, if God does not judge this world, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, my brothers and sisters, what the men of Sodom and Gomorrah, maybe they did it illegally, but today, Today we hear in the news that it is legal. It is okay. It is right. It is a long time. You see, don't, even that statement that I just made, my brothers and sisters, where God would have to apologize. To me, it is just a figure of speech. But it only, it only talks to the, the severity and seriousness of what's going on in our world today. Before the Lord returns, the scripture tells us that the attitude, the attitudes and actions of men and women will be the same as before the dual judgment of Noah and Lot. Now, we, we believe, or how want to believe that we do it, we get away with it, and life continues to go on. But I am here to remind us, my friend, God is taking note. God is taking note. 
And don't you ever think because no one saw you. No one did it. Oh, no one saw you. But I want to let you know that the songwriter says that there is an unseen eye watching it. Watching us. And he sees us even if we don't believe that he did. Those two examples are very explicit. Lot and Noah. We are now in the same kind of days as Noah and Lot faced. The word evil has to do with intent. Intent to harm others and speech that is directed at accusations used to tear down of those who want to do right. In the world in which we live, it has become so hard just to do what is right. And to those who will stand up for the right, you must make up your mind to pay the price sometimes, even the ultimate price. Standing for what is right, it comes with a price. This is what we as Christians, and this is where we are backed up. We are backed up in a corner because we refuse to stand up for what is right. We refuse to speak what is right. We refuse to do what is right for fear of retribution. Listen. If Christ our Lord, as we say, he, the great example, is a pattern for me. And if he is our example, he feared no retribution. He did, he came to do what he did, and he did it. And when it was finished, he turned around and said, it is finished. Paul, that we always talk about, he went through what he did, what he did go through. When he was finished, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And he said, not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. You see, my brothers and sisters, we are Christians and Christians for a reason. That does not make us perfect, but at the same time, it tells us that we must be determined to do what the Lord God expects of us. You see, you see, just listen to the politicians today. Even referring to us as Christians, you know, something irks me all the time. 
when I see those of us who call ourselves evangelicals, we go up to television and regardless to what we, we are told, regardless to what we hear or see, we feel that we have to defend. And you know, you know, my brothers and sisters, it hurts. It really hurts. To see when we as Christians refuse to stand. Refuse to stand. You see, the world is now full of the same sins as Sodom. Men are becoming more effeminate and the world's women are asserting mas masculine characteristics. God appointed to us. Women should always be and play the role of a woman. And a man should always be and play the role of a man. Say amen like. Never did God intend that we should cross. He maintained it all along. And God has said about himself that I am God. And I change not. So in other words, where the wind of politics is blowing, stay clear. Stay clear. Politics should not be wrapped up in and with your faith. You should stand up for the things of God. But today and when we look around, we see those roles are being reversed. Men marry men and women marry women. And to many of us, even the clergy, is all right with them. You know why it is all right with them? They fear retribution. They are afraid to go to jail. They are afraid to be punished. They are afraid to be touched. They want to walk with their head up high and tell themselves well. You see, my brothers and sisters, the thing about it is, when Jesus said, if a man wants to follow me, let him deny himself. Let him take up the cross. And let him follow me. That is what it meant. So therefore, we know in taking the cross, it comes with certain amount of pain. And if we are not prepared to bear the pain, then it simply tells us, my brothers, that we are not prepared to serve the Lord. We are not prepared to serve the Lord. Even in the church, as Christians, we are faced with the choices of taking a stand for the Lord and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talk about it. 
but we fail and refuse to take a stand. Because if we don't, there is a law that says that you should. But there is also a rule that says we should stand for God or else. Well, let thee for or else come to us, but we must take a stand for God. Today the church and the clergy is condoning those things which we know, which we know to be ungodly. And they do it for all kinds of reasons. We are afraid. We are ashamed. Amen. And we are downright chicken for all kinds of false hopes and false reasons. My friend, the time is come when we as Christians should decide what we want. We should decide and know who we are. Being in church, clad with your Sunday best, does not make you a Christian. Coming to church every time the door is open, even participating in the things of the service does not make you a Christian. The Bible says to be a Christian, you must be born again. You must come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and in verse 23, if a, when a man is in Christ, or if a man is in Christ, he is a new creature. That's what the scripture declares. He is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. In other words, we come to the crossroads of life where we have to make a decision. We have to make a decision. We cannot forget that we are repeating history. And we are at the point of history where what was happening and God judged the world for it. On two different occasions, we are in the same world today. You tell me. Isn't God going to judge this world? So my question to us this morning is, where do you stand? Or rather, who is on the Lord's side? Will you allow the greed, the selfishness, the corruption, and everything that exists in this world today the type of things that we are willing as Christians to do for another dollar. You tell me, do you think that God does not see those things? Yes, he does. Remember, as I close, God, man, always look on the outside. But remember, God looks at the heart. He knows 
who you are. We may pretend all we want to do, but the Lord knows who we are. And if we are not sincere, we can be wrong, but let us be sincerely wrong. You see? If you are sincere in your heart that you're doing that unto the Lord and you're doing it in ignorance, one thing. But let me say that to us today, that God is sitting high, but he looks low. He is familiar with all the things that we as humans can come up with. And if we are not careful, he will judge us. He will judge us. So the question is, as we go back, in retrospect, and think of what we have heard today, just as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. In the days of Noah, we are told, in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and having a good time, party. Nothing wrong with going to eat a, a barbecue chicken every now and then. But we must do it in such a way that we should not forget God. Not only that, like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, what was happening today, they left the natural, the men left the natural use of a lady and vice versa, and they took up their own today. We indulge in it and we say it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. So my question to us is, on whose side do we stand? Do you stand in the sight of truth and righteousness? Or do you stand with the world to continue in their correction, in their, in their corruption? I trust today, folks. I trust today that we will make a decision. Make all calling. Make all election sure. Father, thank you for your words. And to glorify yourself today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.